and welcome to Evaluand, a podcast about the land of evaluation between you and me, your host, Dana Linnell Wanzer. This is the show where we interview people about any and all things evaluation related. Happy holidays, friends. This week, it's just me as I walk through my podcasting journey so far. I've received multiple requests and questions about podcasting, so I figured I'd just record it all into one episode. So first, why podcasting? How did I decide to get into it? This has been something I've been interested in for a couple years now. I just wasn't sure how to get started, what to do, what I really wanted my podcast to be about. I knew I wanted it to be around evaluation, but beyond that, I wasn't quite sure. I've been getting more and more interested in listening to podcasts, and so I just felt like I really wanted to get into it myself. I also really wanted to get more evaluation podcasts out there. There's a handful of them, and I do have a web page on my podcast website that has a list of, I think, the most current and up-to-date list of evaluation podcasts there are. So I encourage you to check that out. There are a lot of them. Some are uh, seem discontinued. So I was really interested in just providing more opportunities for evaluation podcasts out there. What really got me to finally decide, okay, I will do this was pandemic summer. I felt like I had time on my hands, which I should have realized I wouldn't when the semester started, but I went ahead with it anyways. And that my husband, who is now my audio engineer, agreed to help me out with this. Um, so having him on board to help me out was the, the thing that led me to decide to finally move forward. And when I decided to do that, it was big thanks to the Twitter community who helped me come up with the name and the logo. And special thanks to one of my students, Omar Alberati, who helped me create the logo and really make sure that it looks really good. He has an eye for this design stuff that I don't quite have. So a really special thanks to him for helping me with that. So next, I get a lot of questions about the technology and the setup, uh, like what kind of microphone you should use, what the technology setup looks like, that type of thing. I'll say I started off with this cheap $20 microphone from Amazon that I've used for the past few years now, and it worked pretty darn well for all of that time. I didn't have any problem with it. It wasn't great, but for $20, it did much better than you could get from a built-in headset microphone, from like earbuds microphones, and definitely from Uh, your built-in microphone on your computer. I definitely agree that you should avoid that at all costs. Don't use your built-in microphone from your computer. Get something. Something is better than nothing. So about six months ago, I upgraded my setup a little bit. I spent about $30 to get this stand, uh, this boom mic basically, that can go on the desk. So it's not too big, fairly heavy, which is nice. So I can have now my new microphone, I'll talk about that in a second, that's really heavy, but it helps get the microphone right in front of my face. So the little cheap microphone I got came with this little tripod, but I needed to always put it on something to be close enough to my face. Otherwise I'd have to set it in front of my keyboard. And so keyboard sounds got picked up a lot, which is really annoying. And so that weighted desk boom mic really helped things. 
And then lately I had my 30th birthday. And so part of my birthday present from family uh, to myself was to get a new microphone. So I spent some time researching and actually you're hearing the new microphone now. We're going to fingers crossed that this turned out okay and it sounds pretty good. But I now have the Audio-Technica 2020, uh, not the USB version. I decided to upgrade and get a microphone that plugs into an audio interface. And on the recommendation, I think from Echo Rivera, I think this is what she uses and recommends. Um, perhaps not. Maybe she went with the higher end one, but I think she said this one was okay and it's working out pretty well. I got the Focusrite Scarlett Solo audio interface. So that's what the mic plugs into. And then that plugs into the computer via USB. So I've got something that kind of um, goes between the microphone and the desktop uh, audio wise. It's really nice because it has a direct monitoring feature. So I can now plug in and hear myself talking. So I can constantly be monitoring how my voice sounds and not wonder what it sounds like. So uh, we're trying this out. Hopefully it works out really well. We will fingers crossed. Um, and the last thing that I'd eventually like to upgrade with, um, the nice thing about this audio setup is I can upgrade the microphone at any time now that I'm up to an audio interface. So maybe one day I'll go higher and get a nicer microphone. But for now, this is, I think, hopefully, fingers crossed, sounding pretty well. So the only thing that I'd like to upgrade at this point is to get a new mic stand that has a shock mount and get a pop filter. So I don't have one just yet, um, but I haven't noticed too many uh, pop pop uh, uh, issues with like my peas and stuff. I I'm not noticing it. We'll find out uh, when Kurt uh, uh, edits this and I'll talk about that in a second. But just to, to wrap up, in terms of technology, I would just recommend start simple. A USB microphone is fine. Your room setup is going to be more important. So I'm going to talk about that next. The room that you record in is really, really important. So my office is in a room that has these wooden floors. I think it's linoleum, but basically it's not carpeted. It has fairly bare walls and it's a fairly open room. So it's very echoey. It doesn't sound good on recordings. So with, especially with my old microphone, I set up a little podcasting booth. It is our guest bedroom closet. It is sort of walk-in, it's small, but it was perfect. It fits this desk that we got with the house. Um, put the desk in it, put a chair in it, put a bunch of blankets in front of me that helps deaden the sound so it doesn't uh, bounce off the wall in front of me. So I put a bunch of blankets in front of me and around so that it just sounds really dead inside, which is really great for fixing your audio and making yourself sound great. So I highly recommend that you find yourself a small room that you could record in and don't default to your office if you, if you can. I will say there were times where I wasn't able to do this. So if you want to hear what this sounded like when I didn't record in my little booth, which most of my episodes are in the booth, one of the episodes was with Anne Emery and we video recorded. I wanted a good background. My little podcasting booth does not have a good background. Uh, I guess I could have updated it to make it better, but the lighting's not great, all this stuff. So I recorded in my office instead. And so you get a sound, you get, you get a glimpse of what it sounds like in a more echoey environment. So highly recommend get yourself in a small room, put blankets in front of you. The audio will be much easier to work with now. And fingers crossed again, I can record in my office because I have a, uh, 
a microphone that is a condenser microphone. I don't know much about this. What I do know is that it's directional. There's a front and a back, whereas my other microphone did not have that. And so it's only picking up my sound from the front. It's not trying to uh, get the echo. Uh, it's not able to pick up the echo from the back. Or at least we're going to hope so. We're going to hope that it sounds good. Okay, so another big thing that a lot of people have questions about is audio editing. I will say there are options in uh, the Mac operating system that I know is available, and I think there's something built in that's free. I'm not aware of it. I don't use a Mac anymore. I am a Windows user now, and so we're using a free program called Audacity. And so my husband and I had used it in the past, so we were somewhat familiar with using it before we launched into this podcast. But that's what we're using to edit the audio, put things together, trim things, uh, clean it up, add the intro and outro, all that type of stuff. Took us a little while to learn the ropes again. There are a lot of videos out there to help you. This has been around for decades. I remember using it in like middle school. So uh, it's been around for quite some time. And from what I gather, it hasn't changed all that much since then. So uh, you can use a lot of, there's a lot of resources out there to help you. So what my husband does, and this is kind of, bare bones because I, I'm sure there's a lot more to it, but I'm not as aware of it because he's doing most of this. He will lovingly remove all of our ums and uhs to the podcast to help us sound a little better. So I have a tendency to do some of them and my husband now uh, jokingly counts all of the uhs and ums that I do in podcasts and some of them, they get really long. There was one podcast episode that had, I think, upwards of 200 in like an hour episode. That was fun. <laughs> And, but what's nice about him doing it, there's pros and cons, I think, to keeping them and taking them out. One of the pros was, and there's my, um, <laughs> uh, there was one episode where myself and the guest, and I won't reveal, but we were both incredibly tired. We, it was a Friday afternoon. We were exhausted and there were just so many laps and thought processes. We had interruptions. We were just exhausted and it kind of slowed us down. And that was the episode with a ton of ums, but we got through it. And Kurt's editing made the podcast not sound nearly as tired as we felt. So I, I really appreciate all the editing that he does. So those are some of the things that he's doing is cleaning up the audio, taking out some of the unnecessary things that are discussed, um, getting, well, there we go again, with those ums and uhs, getting rid of those for me and our guests, and just making sure it sounds a little bit more professionally edited. Another big question that comes up is, where do you put the podcast? So you need some sort of hosting platform to get it onto something like the iTunes podcast platform and the other podcasting platforms out there. I'm personally using a hosting site called Fireside. I learned of it because that's one of my, what one of my favorite podcasts uses. Everything Hurts is the podcast that I just really enjoy. And they've been very transparent about how they podcast as well, which is really helpful for me when I was getting started. And so one of the hosts of that put together a blog post on their podcasting setup and recommendations. And I went along with that. That was one of the main tools that helped me get started. I will say it's much more expensive than most podcasting platforms. There are free versions available, but I am paying extra for some of the stuff that a lot of you listeners have let me know that you really appreciate. Things like the chapters, having guest pages, having links to uh, other pages like my audio recording. You can always call in and, and you know send a question in or send a comment in. You can call in. There's a p page on our website for that. 
We have another page that links to other evaluation podcasts if you want to learn more and listen to other podcasts. So those are some of the things that I'm paying for with that $20 a month. I've thought about downgrading to the $10 a month package, and I might do that if, you know, budget gets tight, but I'd like to keep it up there because I know listeners really appreciate some of that. But there are multiple free options out there. So if you're interested in getting started, I would look there first. You don't have to pay for this if you don't want to. And the big question that I get a lot is just kind of the procedures. Like how does this look from start to finish for like the timeline of a typical episode? So the timeline uh, varies, I will say that, but the basic gist of it is that, you know, it starts off with an idea. Either I reach out to somebody or they reach out to me about being on the podcast. We talk about the topic, what kind of briefly we want to talk about, and then we go to scheduling. I personally use the bookings app. It's through Microsoft 365, and that's just because I get it free for my school and it works nicely with both my Outlook and Gmail calendars. The school has very tight security things on it, so I can't do much with my Outlook calendar, so this works for me. But there are other options out there like Calendly, you can book me, Doodle, and more. In the calendar creation, I have it set up so that each time somebody sets up a podcast interview with me, that it includes information about what to expect, regardless of what the the podcast looks like. We're going to be recording via Zoom, but it's just audio, so you don't need to doll up. It's important to bring headphones, and if possible, bring an external microphone to sound best. This is one of, these are two of my big pet peeves on all of these webinars that we've been on and meetings that are all online nowadays. Everybody should be wearing headphones, if possible. It really makes our audio sound a lot better and it doesn't accidentally pick up other audio. I've had some guests on that didn't wear headphones. It makes it much more difficult to edit. And sometimes when people are talking over one another, you lose some of what one person is talking about because their speakers are picking up the audio from both their microphone and the person talking. So it really messes up the audio. So highly recommend, like that's the number one thing, wear headphones. They can be crummy, it doesn't matter. You just need to be able to to hear the other person. If possible, the external microphone again helps a lot. Like I mentioned before, even just having something beyond your built-in microphone in your computer will be better than nothing. So highly recommend you invest in something, but you could also just get cheap earbuds that have a built-in microphone as well. For each episode, I then create a document to help me prep for the interview and the episode. I write down questions that I have. I prep my little short intro script. I take notes while I'm doing the episode, but this is my, this is my guidebook, my interview guide basically to help me make sure that I do a good interview. Depending on the episode and the guests, I might share those with the guest, let them know what to expect. I always give them the final three questions I ask everybody, which is what's giving you life and evaluation right now? What's coming up next for you? Anything that people want to share and plug. And then lastly, the, you know, how they can get in contact. So I'll let them know to expect that. I also let people know ahead of time, you know, you might want to write down some notes of things that you want to make sure you take away and that you actually share with the audience. I have had people get go like, oh, I totally forgot to say X. Y and Z, and it's like, oh, I wish you had written that down. You know, I usually try to have at the end, like, is there anything else you want to share with us? And that's your your cue to be able to tell me. So I, I let people know kind of what to expect because most people who have come on the podcast have never been on a podcast before. And it can be a little 
daunting for some people. So I tried to make it as easy and uh, not scary as possible. When it comes time to actually record the episode, I always start off obviously with hellos and, you know, maybe welcomes and, you know, brief getting to know people if I've never met them before. I make sure that they're wearing headphones, that they sound good, that their mic is all set up. I will ask them to uh, double check my pronunciation of their names, especially if I'd never met them in person before. I'll ask for pronouns if I do not already know them so I get those right. And I'll ask them if they have any questions before we get started. So usually it's just trying to get people not to be so nervous. Uh, Everybody's just a little nervous getting started and I totally understand that. So I just try to make it as welcoming as possible so people don't feel nervous about it. Then we record, and this is the easy and most fun part. I do let my guests know ahead of time that this is very, uh, it doesn't need to be perfect at the get-go, that we can mess up, they can redo things. If you were to listen to this episode in the raw format, you'll have heard multiple times where I pause, where I redo something because I messed up. I had to pause for a couple minutes because my husband was upstairs walking around and I could hear it and the mic was picking it up. So little things like that. We can always redo it. Not a big deal. Uh, That's the the joy of having a husband slash audio engineer. When I'm done with the podcast episode, I debrief just like I would at any interview. I ask people how it went, how they feel, and then I'll update them on what is coming next, that I'm going to do my post-production stuff. I'll send it to them that they can review it ahead of time, make sure the show notes are correct, that there's nothing missing that they didn't want to add or anything. I'll, I'll let them do that before the episode comes out and, you know, just make sure that they don't have any questions before we end the 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 Zoom call because I do everything on Zoom. And then once we're done recording the episode, I convert the recording on Zoom and send the audio file to my husband. He does his thing, which is to make everybody sound great and put the intro and outro in. Then he sends me the final MP3 file. I then listen to it to double check it and check the show notes and create those and put it all on Fireside, my podcast hosting platform. I then make sure it comes out on its scheduled Tuesday morning release date and that's it. All in all, I'd estimate I spend about four to five hours per episode. Most of it is on the recording and post-production and a little bit on prep. And the rest of it, like the scheduling, the the idea formulation, that's very minimal work. My husband, I mean, my audio engineer, estimates he spends about three hours editing the audio for each episode. I think the, the editing goes up a little bit as the episode lengths have gone up a little bit over time. Uh, This one will be nice and short because it looks like it'll be no more than 30 minutes. So that's great. So depending on the length, depending on how many guests there are, depending on the recording quality, those things will make it go faster or slower. So this one should be hopefully pretty easy for him because it's just me and it's short. Versus there was an episode in the past where Zoom converted the audio format poorly and he had to move things around. It just, with the three guests, it just didn't work very well. So that was not fun for him, unfortunately, but so, and, and there's been times where Audacity has lost his files, those types of things. Those will add time, obviously, to what the audio production part will take. So a couple other things, there is some, there are some platforms out there that can help you do podcasting with guests. I started it at the beginning. It's called Zencaster. I think there are other tools available. 
I was using the free version. I stopped using it because I didn't like what it was doing to the audio. My husband would always come back and say like, why is the audio so weird? And Zencaster was doing something to try to make it sound better, but we weren't a big fan of it. So we stopped using it. The nice part about that though, is that it's a nice way to record with people as guests because it'll record locally for each guest as opposed to uh, like a Zoom call where if internet goes bad, which you might have heard that every once in a while on, a, on an episode, that you lose a little bit of that audio because of that. Another question I've gotten is, you know, whether one should do an audio or a video podcast. Personally, I think it's all up to preference. I went audio because I rarely watch videos and I prefer audio podcasts. That's really the only reason why. I also don't have uh, the desire to make myself look pretty for all of my podcast episodes. So I don't try very hard with that. So I can just, you know, get in my pajamas and record an episode, no problem. However, I think there are times and places for video podcasts. If you're a really vibrant, uh, you know, person that like does a lot of hand gestures while you're talking, it might be great. If you prefer watching videos when you're listening to stuff, then I think that's also a great idea. Like I think if my my husband were to ever create a podcast, I'm betting he would do a video one just because he tends to like watching videos. He watches way more videos than I do. So I think it's preference. I think it's the nature of what you're gonna be recording on if there's like visual components that you want to add. And I know people who do both, right? That they do audio and video. Like the episode that I did with Anne Emery, we recorded it via video as well. And she uploaded that to YouTube because she does a lot of video podcasting or video blogging, I should say. And so we have both video blog and the audio version as well. Okay, well, I think that's it. If you have any additional questions about podcasting that I didn't cover, feel free to contact me at evaluland.fireside.fm. If you liked this episode or any episode, blog post, or paper I've produced in the past, please consider supporting the podcast by donating to coffee.com forward slash Dana Wanzer. That is coffee, which is not spelled the way you would think. It's ko-fi.com forward slash Dana Wanzer. This link will be in the show notes as well. Or if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the podcast or in any upcoming episode, feel free to contact me at evalueland.fireside.fm. There is a contact form and you can easily ask me a question, send feedback, or anything you'd like. We have some upcoming episodes this January. There's two that are coming up. One is going to be a getting to know you episode with Aisha Rios of Coactive Change. I met her at AEA and I'm really excited to get to know her better. Uh, We've been following each other on Twitter for some time, but we just kind of really gravitated towards one another at the conference. And then she came to some of my post-conference watch parties. And it's just really lovely to meet her. But I really want to get an opportunity to talk more with her because I think she has some really cool evaluation experiences to share that I'd love to get to know more. And then the other episode that I have coming up is an episode with my good friends, Tiffany Smith, Libby Smith, Devin Wisner, and Cade Cole about interpersonal effectiveness, the course that we teach in our evaluation program in the Master of Science in Applied Psychology program here at University of Wisconsin-Stout. If you have requests for topics or guests, contact me and let me know. I'm really open to people self-nominating themselves, some of my best 
podcast episodes had people reach out to me, some of whom I'd never met or heard of before. It was really awesome. So if you are really interested in just being on a podcast and you want to, you know, chat about something, let me know. I'd love to have you on board. It's a lot easier when people reach out to me to start a podcast episode, just because it's just a lot easier to get that thing scheduled. So really highly recommend you do that. Or let me know if there's somebody that you'd like to hear from or a topic you'd like me to cover. I wish you all a great 2021. I thank you so much for listening to the podcast and wish you the best. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please visit the podcast website at evalueland.fireside.fm where you can subscribe to get notified of new episodes and contact us with your questions, comments, or suggestions. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this has been Evalueland.